How can we, as creative educators and entrepreneurs, find our authentic voice, get real in a world where real is hard to come by, and share our vision, all while making some serious money and keeping it all balanced? Hey, it's Alyssa with the Teacher Hustle Podcast. I'm a teacher, mom to three toddlers, self-proclaimed French fry connoisseur, and a marketing and launch strategist to teachers. I'm answering all your burning questions about starting and growing an online business using your teacher genius. In these podcast meets magazine style episodes, I'll give you simple mindset shifts, business tips, and inspiration to help you turn your passion into an income that makes an impact without being overly complicated. You know that one thing you can't stop talking about? We're going to share it with the world. So grab a cup of coffee and let's bring your wildest ideas to life. In today's episode, we're giving you a look behind the scenes of Teacher Hustle University, the coaching experience for teacher business owners who want to build sustainable businesses through simple and effective marketing strategies. This month inside Teacher Hustle University, we had a live workshop on how to set up email sequences, and that's what I'm going to be sharing part of with you today. Our members say that these monthly workshops are worth the value of the coaching experience all on their own, even though there are tons of other resources inside Teacher Hustle University. So we wanted to give you a little taste of what it's like inside this experience by giving you a section of this live training to listen to on the podcast. And since you're already tuned into the podcast, I want to announce something really exciting that we have coming up. You may have noticed that I referred to THU as a coaching experience. We're completely shifting the program to create something that we're calling Teacher Hustle University 3.0. This is the three-year anniversary, and it is launching on April 3rd. Inside Teacher Hustle University 3.0, you will find the Profit Funnel Framework, which is an entire course to help you create a marketing plan for your business that feels totally doable for you and one that creates repeat customers rather than constantly trying to show up on social to get new customers all the time. We focus on how to create evergreen funnels that will do the work of marketing for you without you having to constantly show up online. But the most exciting part is that in April, we are debuting a part of THU 3.0 that we're calling THU Sprints. These are monthly challenges that will give you all of the video trainings, support, and accountability you need to get a specific task done in your business. At the top of the month, you will get a sprint checklist that you can print or work from, and you will have a few simple video trainings to watch a live training to attend, some action steps, and even bonus resources and challenges that are related to that month's sprint topic. You'll have the opportunity to choose an accountability partner to help you work through the sprint. And then at the end of the month, if you and your accountability partner finish the sprint, you'll be entered to win a prize. We all love prizes. We are so excited about helping you put the Profit Funnel Framework into action inside your business in the most supportive way possible. So we are really excited about THU 3.0 that is maximized to help you do that. The training you're about to hear in this podcast episode is an example of one of the types of live trainings that you will get to support your work within the sprint each month. If you love this training on email sequences, you definitely are going to want to join us inside the Teacher Hustle University coaching experience. 
Doors to THU are opening soon. Like I said, April 3rd, mark it on the calendar, THU 3.0 on the 3rd. And you can get on the waiting list for that now to be notified. It's alyssamcdonald.com slash framework to get on that waiting list. We are truly working behind the scenes to make sure that Teacher Hustle University is the one-stop shop, the one resource you need to start and grow your teacher business. And we're so proud to bring you THU 3.0. Okay, now it's time for the episode. So sit back. We are going to be talking about email sequences, welcome sequences, um, funnel sequences, email marketing, terminology, all the good stuff. This is a full-on training from Inside THU. This is the actual replay of the training, and you are definitely going to want to take notes on this one and listen to it once, twice, maybe three times. Enjoy. How do you feel when someone subscribes to your email list, do you feel awesome or do you feel a little like, oh boy, what have I done? Now what do I do with them? Because even if you're toward the top of the ladder, you can still feel like, oh, what have I done when someone joins your email list if you don't have sequences in place? So you see a lot of that. <laughs> what do I do with you once you're on my list? What a sequence can do, it because of sequence, and I'll talk more about what a sequence is in, in just a minute, but um, a sequence can really set up a nice, smooth experience for someone so that when they sign up for your list, it's not like they sign up and then they hear from you two months later with a random newsletter. There's a series of emails in place that kind of predicts what they might be looking for and really like... Um, that's why they called it a welcome sequence, welcomes them onto your list. And then there are some other sequences we can get them into to just really make them feel supported without you constantly having to broadcast out newsletters. Um, Carrie, I I hope they stay and they aren't just here for the freebie. Yeah. Um, I really love email marketing and I'll talk in a minute about all the reasons I love email marketing. Um, But once you have these four pieces in place, This is when email marketing actually becomes kind of fun for you and your audience, but you have to have these things kind of running. First of all, you have to have strategy. You have to have purpose behind both your actual writing and then also you want a predictable pattern to your content and your style. If you think about the emails you do open, I bet that they are predictable. I bet that when you open that email, you already kind of know what's going to be inside. Uh, One of the only emails I'll open is, um, oh gosh, and I can't even remember her name. She specializes in Pinterest, but she does a newsletter and there's always five tips, five Pinterest tips. And I really, it's predictable. They're always good. They're always quick. I know there's always going to be five of them. And so I open her emails because I'm 80% sure of what I'm going to get when I open it. Predictability is important. Second thing we want to have running is our broadcasts. Broadcasts are those one time, like you're sending it one time to either your whole list or a group, a segment of people on your list. And it's usually a newsletter or an update, something that is sent out to educate them, to inspire them, to entertain them or and or to sell to them. I guess I'm guessing that most of you, if you have an email list, have done a broadcast. And then a little bit more advanced, we get into segments and sequences. So segments are segment, seg, segmenting your list is really about understanding who is on your list, 
and why they're there. So the way that we can do this is we can add a tag to names as they come into our email list. One really simple way to do that, and this is different depending on which email service provider you use, but every email service provider will allow you to add a tag when someone downloads a certain lead magnet. So let's say I have a lead magnet. It's my podcasting anchor chart. And I know that the teachers who downloaded that are interested in podcasting. So I want to tag everyone who downloads that lead magnet with the tag podcast. That way I can send a special email out just to the people on my list who are interested in podcasting when I have a podcasting special or something I want to tell them. Maybe I want to even give them a special deal. It allows you to treat portions of your email list in a more personalized way. And then there are sequences. Sequences are groups of emails set up to go out automatically when people take a certain action. That's called a trigger in the email world. Usually the triggers are they opt into something or they buy something. So when they opt in or when they purchase, they automatically get put into this group of emails that will go out as a sequence. The great thing about sequences is you just have to set them up once and that's where your marketing starts to happen on autopilot. If you set them up with strategy, if you put them in there randomly and you're not putting a lot of thought into them, um, they're just not going to work as well. So we really want to have all four of these things in place. Feel free to ask questions as I'm going or if I'm going too fast, let me know. I know it's a lot of lingo when it comes to email marketing. I'm going to zoom out for this part. So we just did kind of the zoomed in view of all the stuff we need to know with email marketing. I'm going to zoom out and talk about why email marketing is important in general. I like email marketing. I will always stand by email marketing. The more these other platforms change, Instagram is going through a whole transition. Pinterest has gone through a whole transition. TikTok is brand new. All the platforms for marketing come and go, but the one, the old faithful that never changes is email. So um, the great thing here is that you always can connect to your customers and your potential customers in a more organic way, and it kind of cuts through the noise. So you have, basically, you have a set of contacts, and you can send them notes. You can send them letters and not have to deal with an algorithm. Of course, you know, we do have deliverability to think about with email marketing, but that's not as big of a beast, in my opinion, as a changing algorithm that we really don't know anything about. Um, when you, when am I ready to start an email list? Should I do it right when I'm starting out? Should I wait till I'm a little bit more advanced or I've made some sales? And my answer to that is as soon as you are ready to position yourself as a thought leader. So as soon as you are ready to say something about your topic, besides just, I have some stuff for sale. If you are starting to develop your ideas, your methods, your theories, and you're ready to share them, email is a great place to do that. But it's not just about sales. So we have to have something to say besides just, I have this thing for sale. I have to update these stats. These are from last year. So I bet it's even more improved. Um, I think the ROI went up by like a dollar or something. But 
Email still works. 99% of consumers are checking their email every single day. Um, 59% of them say that email influences their purchasing decisions. And email is 40% or 40 times more effective at acquiring customers than Facebook and Twitter combined. The return on your investment, $44 for every dollar spent. That's going to be way more than any other platform you spend time on. And then I like it because it's reliable and it's easier to get visible because it's a little bit old school and it is uh, because it's old school, it's more reliable. So email isn't going to like just disappear or have a blackout. I think I can remember maybe one time where Gmail was down or something, but um, Instagram goes down quite regularly or Facebook definitely did last year a couple of times. But you're not going to wipe out your contacts, right? Like you can get logged, you can get locked out of your Instagram account and there goes all of your hard work you've done to connect with all of the people who are following you. But with email, you don't lose your contact list. In fact, if you really wanted to obsess over it, you could download your contacts and print them out and hold them in your hands. You're not going to lose them. Um, And also in the inbox, things are coming in in chronological order for the most part, except except for thinking about spam filters. So it is definitely reliable. And I also love that with email, we can set up our evergreen funnels. So we have a list of our perfect people and now we can email them. We can set up sequences um, to lead our people to a sale to make purchases from us when we are not necessarily there doing the selling. It's already automatically set up. So we're going to use this as a sales tool. And I love email because the writing of an email is literally so, it can be so simple. It can be just like passing a note to a friend. It doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need all these templates and graphics it, it really doesn't. I know a lot of you love Flowdesk because it, it puts out pretty emails and so many of you love, love a pretty email, but it is not about the pretty emails and actually adding a lot of graphics and a lot of H or if you do HTML emails, your deliverability is going to go way down. So actually simple is better using text formatting, chunking up your text, using a simple GIF or a simple image within your email. Um, that's all going to go a long way to make for a really nice looking email without having to do a ton of extra design work. Um, And then your email list is developing your know, like, and trust factor. So it's adding value. It's deepening trust. It's showing your product in action, sharing your expertise, telling a story and helping you curate content. So it's helping you show up as a thought leader. Some quick Do's and don'ts when it comes to email. What goes into an email? Definitely talk about any blog posts, podcasts, videos that you've put out lately. Definitely talk about your products and offers. Share other freebies. Give them tip sheets, um, surveys, or just send them a plain old note. Do not email them every day unless you're in a launch and then then you can't. Don't send only sales emails. That will get annoying. Try not to ghost your list, which means collect all those email addresses and then don't email them or don't email them for a really long time and then come back and then go on and off. Don't send lengthy emails with a ton of jargon in them that people just won't read. 
and be careful about errors. Read it once, twice, three times, send a test email to yourself, test your links. There's no take backs. So you have to get it right the first time, or you have to send out the embarrassing second email that says that you made a mistake. I did that in my last launch. Happens to everybody, but just a reminder to check those. And then a couple of key pieces to pay attention to when you're writing an email You want to have a subject line that stops people in their tracks. The one thing we kind of have to contend with with email is we need people to click our email to read it. So we have to stand out in their inbox. And so the only real chance that we have is our subject line. Maybe the preview text, some email uh, like Gmail will show the preview text, which is that, that like first line text. Um, But that's all we've got. So we want to make sure that that works. And we want to be looking back at our subject lines to make sure that they're doing their job. And um, I guess I could talk about that here. The way that you know your subject line is doing its job is your open rates. However, open rates, you may have heard very recently, open rates are now inflated. So what that means is that your open rate may be higher than it actually is. From what I understand, some um, email service providers are now counting an email as opened, even when somebody didn't open it because they're kind of like processing the images ahead. I don't, I'm not an expert on that, but for, for those kind of technical reasons, that number is a little bit inflated lately. Yeah, you can Google it. There are some articles. Unfortunately, it's not the greatest. Uh, number to look at, but it still will tell you if your subject lines are working or not, because you can compare your open rates against one another. So if you have an, if you usually have around like 30% open rates, but then you've got this one email that's a 20% open rate, that's a red flag to change that subject line. So rather than kind of worrying about these inflated open rates, I would rather you just compare each to the other within your own open rates. In your emails, remember that it's a conversation. So talk to one person. It's like passing a note to a friend, not shouting out to a crowd. You can even use tags to personalize the email. So it says like, hey, first name, and it will put their first name in there. I always suggest going through and making sure you're using contractions. That just helps keep it conversational and keep your sentences short, keep your paragraphs short, keep the whole email short and sweet. I tend to write way too long emails. And then lastly, make sure that your voice comes through and that it sounds like you. Try to think of some words or phrases that you use. I I say stinking a lot, so I'll put stinking in my emails, or I'll use gifts that have to do with the shows I like, or you might have a special signature, something that really speaks to you and your brand in every single email. Oh, by the way, the signature, I know I've, for those of you who listen to me a lot, I know I harp on this one, but Make sure that your email signature tells people what you do. So your brand handshake can go right in your email signature um, because I don't know how many times I've opened an email and it's like, it's from Amanda. And I'm like, who in the world is Amanda? What did I sign up for with Amanda? And then I just unsubscribe because I can't remember why I signed up for her. So make sure your email signature and every single email tells people, you know, what they can expect from you. And then quick copy tips before we get into sequencing, chunk it up more than you think. 
So write your email and then I want you to go back through and hit enter as much as you can. You don't really want more than two sentences per paragraph. That's going to keep it really scannable. Add elements of story wherever you can. That makes it interesting. If you can add a visual along with that story, that's great. Use text formatting like bold and italics to keep it scannable. Use the PS feature. So PS, you know, too long, didn't read. Here's the, here's what you need to know for people who are skimming and scanning your emails. The PS feature is really great. Make sure that you are adding your important link more than just once. We don't want to hide our links in emails. We want them to be like neon signs. And if you can keep it to one to two links per email, that's better. We want the call to action to be really, really clear. Use pop culture connections or whatever it is you use to connect with your audience do add GIFs, images, and buttons. Just don't go so heavy that that it's going to uh, email service providers are going to think you're spammy. And or it could take too long to load. I try to keep it to like no more than three images. Here's a quick example of what just at a glance um, a well-formatted email would look like. You'll notice, um, well, I'd love to hear actually in the chat, what do you notice just at first glance that you like about this email? Some of the things that I just mentioned. GIF and emojis. To get the emojis, you can just go to cut paste emoji. I think it's cutpasteemoji.com. Copy and paste. Pink header. A sign off, although I wish I had an email. I should have had an email signature and even follow my own advice, Sarah. <laughs> love is blind. It's a pop culture reference. So people who get it will love it. Easy to read formatting. So this, these paragraphs are really, really chunked up. Um, Stephen, that show is garbage. It is garbage. It's, to- I admit, totally garbage, but also um, really, really good. And then I tried to use italics and different things to, but you'll even notice like the sentences are really, really short. Keep it conversational. Yep. Simple format. And then um, also I would encourage you with the call to action. I think call to action in email could be a lot more fun than we tend to make it. A lot of times we want them to go through, click through a link, but we could also create calls to action that, don't have anything to do with clicking out. It could be just hit reply. Or if you are going to do a link, do a little, do like a little this or that. Click here for this, click there for that, and do like a little survey. Or um, recreate your Instagram posts where it's like, in case you missed it, and then link over to your Instagram so they can see it. So be creative with what you're asking them to do besides just go buy something. Um, you can embed video where they click it and then they can go watch it. You could even do something really creative, like have them submit their answer to a group board like Padlet or have them reply with a photo that they wouldn't mind you sharing on social. Just get creative with your calls to action. It doesn't always have to be a link that they have to click. And then I want to review what a lead magnet is before we get into sequences because I don't want anybody um, kind of stuck on the lead magnet situation. So I do want to do a quick review of what a lead magnet is. A lead magnet is 
quite literally what it sounds like. You are trying to magnetize leads to you. So people who are interested or maybe interested in your products and offers, we want to attract them. We want to say, come hang out with me. I've got something cool that you would like. It's kind of like bribery, bribery to get them to give you their email address. So you're going to put together this really juicy, typically it's a PDF. Um, if you're looking at like a clothing company, their, their lead magnets are usually coupons. You know, when you go to shop online and then there's this pop-up that says, oh, give us your email address and we'll give you 10% off. That's their lead magnet. So it's really anything that you're giving in exchange for a name and email address for their data um, so that you can then email them and sell them something. The problem is a lot of people stop here. They create a wonderful lead magnet. They might even get it out to people and collect those email addresses. And then there's nothing on the other end of it. So we want to really complete the whole lead magnet experience by adding a sequence onto that. A lead magnet can be anything you want it to be. Um, You can go way beyond just this list, but it could be an ebook. It could be something they print out. It could be a video series or a challenge or a webinar. Those can be lead magnets. Those are lead magnets. It could be a secret podcast. It could be a coupon or promotion, a guide, a quiz, a cheat sheet, a checklist, you name it. Um, You probably already have a lead magnet or two if you have an email list. Tips to make your lead magnet compelling. It should attract your just right audience. So for example, and this is a mistake I see a lot of TPT authors making is you are, let's say you have a freebie and you're like, oh, I have these great, you know, holiday greeting cards that anybody, they can print them out. They're free. I'll collect their name and email address, but you only serve kindergarten teachers. And now you have teachers of all grade levels downloading these cards We want it to be specific enough that we know exactly who is downloading it. Remember that we want to be able to tag them specifically with their interest based on what they downloaded so that we can send them personalized emails. So it should not only fit your just right people, it should actually repel people who are not going to be good for your email list. Or if you have two separate um, segments of your audience, like a lot of you will, you serve parents and teachers then you want a lead magnet for parents and a lead magnet for teachers. And you want to tag them based on which one they download. Or you can also, if you, uh, if you have to this, although this adds a little bit of a weird thing, but you can also do name, email address, and are you a parent or are you a teacher? You can add on most email service providers, you can add like a little multiple choice question to your opt-in and then tag them that way. Um, It's a little bit of a pain because you don't want to have to ask for any extra information when you're getting them to opt in. We don't want that to become a barrier to them signing up. But if it's just like a quick multiple choice selection, it will be okay. Make sure your lead magnet is relevant, something that people will want. It solves a problem and is related to what you actually sell. It should not be the same as the freebie you have on TPT. In my opinion, it should be different. They should not be able to get it for free on TPT. They're exchanging their name and email to get this thing. So we want it to be um, something special that is just just available by giving their name and email. And then a quick word about a freebie library, because people always ask about that one. Um, 
can I just throw all of my free stuff together in a freebie library and give them access to that freebie library? A freebie library works when it's very specific. So um, Kelly, I didn't see if, I don't know if she's in here tonight, but she sells mock-up images. So for her, for her, a freebie library library is awesome. Like if I work, if she was going to give me access to free images, I'm like, oh, great. That's super specific. And I definitely want in. I know exactly what's on the other side of that door. However, if you are somebody who serves, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a little bit more broad topic, reading teachers, and you're like, you know, opt into my freebie library, and I don't really know what's on the other side of that door, then I may not opt in. The other thing that gets kind of hard with a freebie library is that when people opt out, they can still get in there. So there's all kinds of ways that people will try to fix that problem. But I say I would rather you had one really great lead magnet than a whole freebie library. And then a word about subscribe. Some some of us will have a little box on our website. And if you're guilty of this, just make a note in your mind to go fix this. Um, You'll have a box on your website that says subscribe to my email newsletter. I bet if you were to go look at the analytics behind that, that nobody opts into that. And the reason is because it's just not convincing enough. They need more. We need more nowadays to give over our name and email address. So a compelling lead magnet is much stronger than just subscribe to my newsletter. Um, uh, The reason I have this gift here is because it's like asking them to marry you when they don't even really know why they're there. Okay. Oops. I, I just clicked on there. giving away my free gift. Okay, let's get into sequences. So the most basic sequence is your welcome sequence. This is the group of emails you set up to send out to your email list subscribers after they sign up for that lead magnet. Let's say you put out, hey, I have this PDF. It is free. If you just give me your name and your email address, I will send you this PDF. And that's great, but we don't want to stop there. Now we want to, we want to say, we want to like welcome them, right? We want the, we want to open the door. We want to let them in. We want to be a good host or hostess. We want to, we want to make them comfortable because we want them to stay. We want them to hang around on our email list. We don't want them to download that freebie and then unsubscribe, though that isn't the end of the world. We could talk more about unsubscribes later. Um, but we do want them to stick around because they were interested. So I, I like to think of the email sequence as dating. First date, second date, third date. If you want to, you can spread those dates out and take it a little bit more slowly. Um, or you can go really fast. But I suggest no less than three dates to welcome them in. So the goal of the first date, first date is the first email. The goal of the first date is to make an impression and also get them to call you back. We, we want to call back. We don't want them to ghost us. Um, and we don't want to ghost them either. So the point of email one in your welcome sequence is, first of all, you have to give them the freebie. So you got to give them the thing you said you were going to give them. You're going to deliver that PDF. Usually people deliver it in two places. They'll deliver it on the thank you page. So when they opt in to your lead magnet, they see that thank you page and it's like, hey, here, download your PDF. 
And then they'll also send a follow-up email immediately. That's email one here that has the freebie in it. And also maybe a call to action to connect with you somewhere else, like on Instagram or somewhere else where it's easy to kind of stay in touch with you. And then I like to ask them a question that they then have to reply to. The reason I do that, it helps with deliverability. When they hit reply, it shows their email service provider that I'm not spam. It gets us in conversation. And it's just a really nice way to connect with somebody who just subscribed to your list. In a minute, I'm going to show you a sample welcome sequence and um, we'll work on writing these. This is just kind of an outline. On the second date, we want to we want to kind of um, let them know that we know what we, we know what we're talking about and we are likable. Like they are going to want to stick around and hang out with us. We want them to decide that they like us or not. And if they don't, that's okay. <laughs> I guess they can leave. That's okay. And the way we're going to do that is we're going to give them something. We're going to teach. So this email, the second email, I don't do an ask. I don't ask them to do anything except maybe, maybe like um, hit reply and tell me something. But really, it's just a an email that is just there to serve them. So I might give them another freebie or I might just do a really nice email that's full of great tips that they can take and use. I want them to read this email and say, hey, I really like her and I want to hear more from her. And I don't really want to unsubscribe because this was really valuable. Okay, that's where we're going to stop the training on email sequences for today. The actual training goes on for about another 30 minutes or so. So if you're inside Teacher Hustle University, you can go into your member portal into the past show up and glow up trainings. You have one year's worth of live workshops in there to turn back and watch. And you can watch the end of this email sequences training. If you're just tuning into the podcast, that was a really simple introduction to setting up email marketing, setting up that strategy, getting your lead magnet out there, and then even starting to think about your very first welcome sequence. That should be enough to get you started, but not too much to completely overwhelm you. So I hope to see you inside Teacher Hustle University for THU 3.0 opening April 3rd. Remember, go to alyssamcdonald.com slash framework to get on the waiting list for that. And if you were just tuning into the podcast and you absolutely loved what you heard, please take a moment to raise and review this podcast. We so appreciate you taking the time to do that. And those reviews keep me going. They keep me excited about creating this podcast and creating this content for you. So we'd absolutely love it if you could take a moment and leave a review and we'll see you in the next episode. Don't forget to DM me teacher by nap time on Instagram with your listener questions so that I can answer them on the next podcast. And of course, please review this podcast. We so appreciate every review. We will be reading some of the reviews out loud in episodes this season. And so we really need you to please snap a photo, share, review, whatever you can do to spread the word. If you have a teacher friend who's looking to start an online business or grow their online business, please share this podcast with them if you think they will find it helpful. Hope to see you in the next episode and I hope you enjoy this new format of season three.